Yo, this music kind of lit. What, what do you What do you guys think? What do you guys think? What do you guys think? Should um do um do we keep it? Do we, do we keep it? We keep okay. We keep it. Anyway, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and the Battle of the Labyrinth, Chapter Three. Also, we are extremely, extremely close to um. 1.5k so downloads so if you could just you know hit like one download yeah everybody everybody helps out chapter three we play tag with scorpions the next morning there was a lot of excitement at breakfast apparently around three in the morning it an ethiopian dracon dracon had been spotted at the borders of camp I was so exhausted, I slept right through the noise. The magical boundary had kept the monster out, but it prowled the hills looking for weak spots in our defenses, and didn't seem anxious to get away until Flea, Flea Fletcher from Archer's cabin led a couple of his siblings led a couple of his siblings in pursuit. After a few dozen arrows lodged in the chunks of the dragon's armor, it got the message and withdrew. It's still out there, Lee warned us during announcements. Twenty arrows in its hide, and we just made it mad. The thing was ten meters long and bright green. Its eyes... He shuddered. You did, you did well, Lee. Kyron patted him on the shoulder. Everyone stay alert, but stay calm. This has happened... This has happened before. Hey, Quintus said from the head table. And it will happen again, more and more frequently. The campers murmured among themselves. Everybody knew the rumors. Luke and his army... Of monsters were planning an invasion on the camp. Most of us expected it to happen this summer, but no one knew how or when. It didn't help that our attendance was down. We only had about 80 campers. Three years ago, when we'd started, when I'd started, there'd been more than a hundred. Some had died. Some had joined Luke. Some had just disappeared. This was a good reason for new war games, Quintus continued, glint in his eyes. We'll see how you all do that with, with that tonight. Yes, Karen said. Well, enough announcements. Let us bless this meal and eat. He raised his goblet. To the gods! We all raised our glasses in repeating the blessing. Tyson and I took our plates to the bronze brazier and scraped a portion of our food into the flames. I hope the gods liked roast, liked raisin toast and Cheerios. Poseidon? I said. Then I whispered. Help, help me with Nico and Luke and Grover's problem. There's so much to worry about. I could have stood there all morning, but I headed back to my table. Once everyone was eating, Karen and Grover came to visit. Grover was a bleary-eyed. His shirt was inside out. He slid his plate onto the table and stopped next to me. Tessa shifted uncomfortably. I will go, um, polish my fish ponies. He lumbered off, leaving his breakfast half-eaten. Karen tried for a smile. He probably wanted to look reassuring, but if but in centaur form, he towered over me, casting a shadow across the table. Well, Percy, how did you sleep? Uh, fine. 
I wondered why he asked that. Was it possible he knew something about the weird iris message I got? I brought Grover, Grover over, Karen said, because I thought you two might want to um, discuss matters. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have some iris messages to send. I'll see you later in the day. He, grove, he gave Grover a meaningful look and trotted out of the pavilion. What's he talking about? I asked Grover. Grover chewed his eggs. I could tell he was distracted because he bit off the t- tins of his fork and chewed those down too. He wants you to convince me, he mumbled. Something else... Someone else slid to the bench next to me. I'll tell you what it's about, she said. It was Annabeth. The labyrinth. It was hard to concentrate on what she was saying, because everybody in the dining pavilion was stealing glances and whispering. And Annabeth was right next to me. I mean, right next to me. You're not supposed to be here, I said. We need to talk, she insisted. But the rules... She knew as well as I did that campers weren't allowed to switch tables. Satyrs were different. They weren't really demigods, but the half-gods had to sit with their cabins. I wasn't even sure what the punishment was for switching tables. I'd never seen it happen. If Mr. D had been here, he probably would have strangled Annabeth with magical grapevines or something. But Mr. D wasn't here. Karen and Dari left the pavilion. Quintus looked over and raised an eyebrow, but he didn't say anything. Look, Annabeth said, Grover's in trouble. There's only one way to figure out we can figure out how to help him. It's the labyrinth. That's what Clarice and I have been investigating. I shifted my weight, trying to think clearly. You mean the maze where they kept the Minotaur back in the old days? Exactly, Annabeth said. So it's not under the King's Palace in Crete anymore, I guessed. The labyrinth is under some building in America. See? It only took me a few years to work things out. I knew that important places moved around the, in, with Western civilization, like Mount Olympus being over the Empire State Building and the underworld entrance being in, Los, in L.A. And I was pretty, feeling pretty proud of myself. Annabeth rolled her eyes. Under a building? Please, Percy, the labyrinth is huge. It, would fit under a sing, it wouldn't fit under a single city, much less a single building. I thought about my dream of Nico at the River Styx. So, is the labyrinth part of the underworld? No, Annabeth frowned. Well, there may be passages from the labyrinth into the, down into the underworld. I'm not sure. But the underworld is way, way down. The labyrinth is right on the surface of the mortal world, kind of like a second skin. It's been growing for thousands of years, lacing its way under western cities, connecting everything together underground. You can get anywhere through the labyrinth. If you don't get lost, Grover muttered, and die a horrible death. Grover, there has to be a way, Annabeth said. I got the feeling that they had this conversation before. Clarice lived? Barely, Grover said, and the other guy is driven insane. He didn't die. Oh, joy. Grover's lower lip quivered. That makes me feel much better. Whoa, I said. Back up. What's this about Clarice and a crazy guy? Annabeth glanced over at the Aries table. Clarice was watching us like she knew what we were talking about, but she fixed her eyes on her breakfast plate. Last year, Annabeth said, lowering her voice, Clarice went on a mission for Chiron. I remember, I said. It was a secret. Annabeth nodded. And despite how serious she was acting, I was happy she wasn't mad at me anymore. And I kind of liked the fact that she'd broken the rules to come sit next to me. It was secret, Annabeth agreed, because she found a clear... 
Chris Rodriguez. Guys, guy from Hermes Cabin? I remembered him from two years ago. We'd, ears, we'd eavesdropped on Chris Rodriguez aboard Luke's ship, the Princess Andromeda. Chris was one of the half-bloods who'd abandoned camp and joined the Titan army. Yeah, Annabeth said. Last summer, he just appeared in, appeared in Phoenix, Arizona, next to Clarissa's mom's house. What do you mean he just appeared? He's wandering around the desert in 50 degrees of full Greek armor, babbling about string. String? I said. He'd been driven completely insane. Clarice brought him back to her mom's house so the mortals wouldn't institutionalize him. She... Institutional... Wait. Institutionalize him. I have to take a break. She tried to nurse him back to health. Clarice came out and interviewed... Clarice... Kyron came out and interviewed him, but it wasn't much good. The only thing they got out of him. Luke's men has been, had been exploring the labyrinth. I shivered, though I don't know exactly why. Poor Chris. He hadn't been that bad a guy. He could have driven, what could have driven him mad? I looked at Grover, who was chewing up the rest of his fork. Okay, I asked. Why were they exploring the labyrinth? We weren't sure, Annabeth said. As Louis Clarice went on a scouting expedition, Kyron kept things hushed uh, up because he didn't want anyone panicking. He got me involved because, well, the labyrinth has always been one of my favorite subjects. The architecture involved, her expression turned a little dreamy. The builder, Dadalus, was a genius. But the point is, the labyrinth has entrances everywhere. If Luke could figure out how to navigate it, he could move his army around with incredible speed. Except it's a maze, right? Full of horrible traps, Grover agreed. Dead end. Dead ends. Illusions. Psychopathic goat-killing monsters. But not if you had arachnid string, Annabeth said. In the old days, arachnid string guided Theseus out of the maze. It's a navigation instrument of some kind, invented by Daedalus. And Chris Rodriguez was mumbling about string. So Luke's trying to find arachnid string, I said. Why? What's he planning? Annabeth shook her head. I don't know. I thought uh, maybe he wanted to invade camp through the maze, but that doesn't make sense. The closest entrance Clarice found were in Manhattan, which wouldn't help Luke get past their borders. Clarice explored a little way into the tunnels, but it's very dangerous. She had some close calls. I researched everything I could find about Daedalus. I'm afraid it didn't help much. I don't understand exactly what Luke's planning, but I do know this. The labyrinth might be the key to Grover's problem. I blinked. You think Pan is underground? It would explain why he's been impossible to find. Grover shuddered. Satyrs hate the underworld. No searchers would ever try going to that place. No flowers, no sunshine, no coffee shops. But, but Annabeth said, the labyrinth can lead you to most, you almost anywhere. It reads your thoughts. It was designed to fool you, trick you, and kill you. But if you can make the labyrinth work for you, it, it could lead you to the wild god, I said. I can't do it. Grover hugged his stomach. Just thinking about me wants me makes me want to throw up my silverware. Grover, it may be our last chance, Annabeth said. The council is serious. One week or, you're, or you're, you learn to tap dance. Over at the head table, Quintus cleared his throat. He got the feeling he didn't want to make a scene, but Annabeth was really pushing pushing it, sitting at our table so long. We'll talk later. 
and if I squeeze my arm a little too hard. Convince him, will you? She turned to the Athena table, ignoring all the people who were staring at her. Grover buried his head in his hands. I can't do it, Percy. My searcher's license, Pat, I'm gonna lose it all. I'll have to start a puppet theater. Don't say that, we'll figure something out. He looked at me, teary-eyed. Percy, you're my best friend. You've seen me underground in that Cyclops cave. Do you really think I could... His voice faltered. I remembered the Sea of Monsters. When he'd been stuck in a Cyclops cave, he'd never liked underground places to begin with. But now Grover really hated them. Cyclops gave him the creeps, too. Even Tyson. Grover tried to hide it, but... But Grover and I sort of could read each other's emotions because of his empathy link Grover had made between us. I knew how he felt. Grover was terrified of the big guy. I have to leave, Grover said miserably. Juniper's waiting for me. It's a good thing she finds cowards attractive. After he was gone, I looked over at Quintus. He nodded gravely like we were sharing some dark secrets. Then he went back to cutting his sausage with a dagger. In the afternoon, I went down to the Pegasus stables to visit my friend Blackjack. Yo, boss! He capered around in his stall as black wings buffeting the air. You bring me some sugar cubes? You know those aren't good for you, Blackjack. Yeah, you brought me some, huh? I smiled and fed him a handful. Blackjack and I went back a long way. I sort of helped him rescue... I sort of helped rescue him from Luke's demon cruise ship a few years ago, and ever since he insisted on repaying me with favors. So, we got any requests coming up? Blackjack asked. I'm ready to fly, boss. I patted his nose. Not sure, man. Everybody keeps talking about underground mazes. Blackjack whinnied nervously. No, oh, not this horse. You ain't gonna be crazy enough to go in no maze, boss, are you? You'll end up in the glue factory. That's dark. You may be right, Blackjack. We'll see. Blackjack crunched down his sugar cubes. He shook his mane like he was having a sugar seizure. Whoa, good stuff. Well, boss, you come when you come to your senses and want to fly somewhere, just give a whistle. Old Blackjack and his buddies will stampede anybody for you. I told him I'd keep that in mind. Then a group of younger campers came into the stables starting and started their riding lessons, and I decided it was time to leave. I had a bad feeling I wasn't going to see Blackjack for a long time. That night after dinner, Quintus told us to sit up and to suit up in combat armor like we were getting ready for capture the flag. But the mood among the campers was a lot more serious. Something during sometime during the day, the crates in the arena had disappeared, and I had a feeling whatever was in them had been emptied into the woods. Right, Quintus said, standing on the head of the dining table. Gather round. He was dressed in black leather and bronze. In the torchlight, his gray hair made him look like a ghost. Mrs. O'Leary bounded happily around him, foraging for dinner scraps. Forging for dinner scraps. You will be in teams of two, Quintus announced. When everybody started talking around and grabbing their friends, he yelled, Which I have already been chosen. Aww, everybody complained. The goal is simple. Collect the gold gold laurels. Laurels, without dying. The wreath is wrapped in a silk package, tied to the back of one of the monsters. There's six monsters. Each has a silk package. Only one holds the laurels. 
you must find the wreath before the other teams. And, of course, you'll have to slay the monsters to get it and stay alive. The crowd started mummering excitedly. The task sounded pretty straightforward. Hey, we'd all slain monsters before. That's what we trained for. I know now. I will now announce your partners, Quintus said. There'll be no trading, no switching, no complaining. A roof! Mrs. O'Leary buried her face in a plate of pizza. Quintus produced a big scroll and started reading off names. Beckendorf would be with be with would be with Selina, which Beckendorf looked pretty happy about. Ooh, the Stoll brothers, Travis and Connor, would be together. No surprise, they did everything together. Clarice would be for with Lee Fletcher from Apollo Cabin. Melee and Rage Combat combined. It would be a tough combo to beat. Quintus kept rattling off the names until he said, Percy Jackson with Annabeth Chase. Nice. I grinned at Annabeth. Your armor's crooked, was her only compliment, was her only comment, and she readied, readied my straps for me. Grover Underwood, Quintus said, with Tyson. Grover was about to jump his gopher. Jump out of his gopher. What? But, 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 no, no, Tyson whimpered. Must be a mistake, goat boy. No complaining, Quintus roared. Get with your partner. You have two minutes to prepare. Tyson and Grover both looked at me pleadingly, trying to give the... I tried to give them an encouraging nod and guest gestured that they should that they should move together. Tyson sneed, sneezed. Grover started nervously chewing on his wooden club. We'll be fine, Annabeth said. Come on, let's worry about how we're going to stay alive. It was still light when we got into the woods, but the shadows from the trees made it feel like midnight. It was cold too, even in summer. Annabeth and I found track, tracks almost immediately. Scuttling marks made by something with a lot of legs. We began to follow the trail. We jumped a creek and heard some twigs snapping nearby. We cracked behind a boulder, but it was only the Stoll brothers chirping through the woods and cursing. Their dad was the god of thieves, but they were as stealthy as water buffaloes. Once the Stoll, once the Stolls had passed, we forged deeper into the west woods where the monster Monsters were wilder. We were standing on a ledge overlooking a marshy pond when Annabeth tensed. This is where we, this is where we stopped looking. It took me a second to realize what she meant. Last winter, when we'd been searching, searching for Nico D'Angelo, this was where we'd given up hope finding him. Grover, Annabeth, and I stood on this rock, and I'd convinced them not to tell Chiron the truth, that Nico was the son of Hades. At the time, it seemed like the right thing to do. I wanted to protect his identity. I wanted to be. I wanted to be the one to find him and make things right for what had happened to his sister. Six months later, I hadn't even come close to finding him. It left a bitter taste in my mouth. I saw him last night. I said, Annabeth knitted her eyebrows. What do you mean? I told her about the iris message. When I was done, she stared into the woods of the, sh- woods of the woods, the shadows of the woods. He's summoning the dead. That's not good. The ghost was giving him bad advice. I said, telling him to take revenge. Yeah, spirits are never good advisors. They've got their own agendas, old grudges, and they resent the living. 
He's gonna come after me, I said. The spirit mentioned a maze. She nodded. That settles it. We have to figure out the labyrinth. Maybe, I said uncomfortably. But who'd sent the iris message? I mean, if Nico didn't know I was there... Branch snapped in the woods. Dry leaves rustled. Something large was moving in the trees just beyond the bridge. That's not the Stoll brothers. And Beth, sorry, that's not the Stoll brothers. And Beth whispered. Together we drew our swords. We got to Zeus's fist to pile huge boulders in the middle of the west woods. It was a natural mat landmark that we, that where campers often Renzo views on hunting expeditions. But now there was nobody around. Over there, Annabeth whispered. No, wait, I said. Behind us. It was weird. Scuttling noises seemed to be coming from every single direction. We were circling the boulders, our swords drawn, and something. Someone right behind us said, Hi. We whirled around, and the tree nymph, tree nymph Juniper yelp, yelped. Put those down, she protested. Dreads don't like sharp blades, okay? Juniper, Annabeth exhaled. What are you doing here? I live here. I lowered my sword. In the boulders? She pointed at the edge of the clearing. In the juniper. Duh. It made sense. I kind of felt stupid. I'd been hanging around dryads for years, but I'd never really talked to them much. I knew they couldn't go very far from the tree, which was the source of life, but I didn't know how know much else. Are you guys busy? Juniper asked. Well, I said, we're in the middle of this game called Against a Bunch of Monsters, and we're trying not to die. We're not busy, Annabeth said. What's wrong, Juniper? Juniper, Juniper sniffered, sniffled. She wiped her silky sleeve under her eyes. It's Grover. He seems so distraught. All years, he's been looking out for Pan. Out looking for Pan. And every time he comes back, it's worse. I thought maybe at first he was seeing another tree. No, Annabeth said it as Juniper started crying. Um, I'm sure that's not it. He had a crush on a blueberry bush once, Juniper said miserably. Juniper, Annabeth said. Grover wouldn't even look at another tree. He just stressed ab- out about his searcher's license. He can't go underground, she protested. You can't let him. Annabeth looked uncomfortable. It might be the only way to help him if we just knew where to start. Juniper wiped the green tear off her cheek. About that, another rustle in the woods and Juniper yelled, HIDE! Before I could ask why, she went poof into green mist. Annabeth and I turned. Coming out of the woods was a glistening amber insect, three meters long, with jagged pincers, an armored tail, and a sting as long as my sword. A scorpion. Tied to its back was a silky package. Clattered towards us, Cut off, cut off its tail while the, while the other distracts it in front. I'll take the point, I said. You've got the invisibility hat. She nodded. We fought together so many times we knew each other's moves. We could do this easy. But it was when, 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 it, when it all went wrong as two scorpions appeared from the woods. Three? Annabeth said. That's not possible. The whole woods and half the monsters come to us? I swallowed. One, we could take. Two, with a little luck. Three, doubtful. The scorpions scurried towards us, whipping their barbed tails like they'd come here just to kill us. Annabeth and I put our backs towards the nearest boulders. Climb? I said. No time. 
She was right. The scorpions were already surrounding us. They were so close I could see their hideous mouths foaming, anticipating a nice juicy meal of demigods. Look out! And I've parried a swing... A w- parried away a sting with a flat of her blade. I stabbed with the riptide, but the scorpion backed out of range. We clambered sideways along the boulders, but the scorpions followed us. I slashed at another one, but it... But going on the offenses was offensive was too dangerous. If I went for the body, the tail stabbed backwards, downwards. If I went for the tail, the, tine, the th- thing's pincers came from either side and tried to grab me. All we could do was defend. It would, and we wouldn't be able to keep that up very long. I took another s- step sideways, and suddenly there was nothing behind me. It was a crack between two of the largest boulders. Something had probably passed by a million times, but... In here, I said. And Beth sliced at a scorpion that looked at me like I was crazy. In there? It's too narrow. I'll cover you. Go. She ducked behind me and started squeezing towards the two boulders. Between the two boulders. Then she yelped and grabbed my armor straps, and suddenly I was tumbling into a pit that hadn't been there a moment before. I could see the scorpions above us, the purple evening sky and the trees, and the whole shut. And then the whole shot like the lens of a camera, and we were in complete darkness. Our breathing echoed against the stone. It was wet and cold. I was, sitting on a, I was sitting on a bumpy floor that seemed to be made of bricks. I lifted Riptide. The thing glow of the blade just made enough to illuminate Annabeth's frightened face and the mossy stone walls on either side of us. Where are we? Annabeth asked. Safe from scorpions, anyway. I tried to sound calm, but I was freaking out. The crack between the boulders couldn't have led into a cave. I would have known if there was a cave here. I, I was sure of it. All I could think of was the fissure in the dining pavilion. Those skeletons had been consumed last winter, last summer. And I wondered if the same thing had, been hap- had happened to us. I lifted my sword again for light. It's a long room, I muttered. Amath gripped my arm. Not a room. It's a corridor. She was right. The darkness fell emptier in front of us. There was a warm breeze, like subway tunnels. Only it felt older, more dangerous somehow. I start. I started forward, but Annabeth stopped me. Don't take another step, she warned. We need to find the exit. She sounded really scared now. It's okay, I promised. It's right. I looked up and realized I couldn't see where we'd fallen in. The ceiling was solid stone. This corridor seemed to stench endlessly in both directions. Stretch, sorry. Annabeth's hand slipped into mine. Under different circumstances, I would have been embarrassed. But here in the dark, I was glad to know where she was. It was about the only thing I was sure of. Two steps back, she advised. We stepped back together like we were in a minefield. Okay, help me examine the walls, she said. What for? The mark of Deadless, she said, as if that was supposed to make sense. Uh, okay. Got it, she said with a relief. She set her hand on the wall and pressed against a tiny fissure, which began to glow blue. A Greek symbol appeared. Uh, and then there's this symbol, but I don't know what it's called. I'm just gonna call it A, the ancient Greek delta. It looks like a triangle. I'll, I'll call it, I'll call it delta. The roof split open, and we saw the night sky, stars blazing. It was a lot darker than it should have been. Metal ladder rungs appeared on the side of the wall leading up. I could hear people yelling our names. 
Percy, Elizabeth. Tyson's voice was the loudest, but others were calling out too. I looked nervously at Annabeth. Then we began to climb. We made our way around the rocks and ran into Clarice and a bunch of other campers carrying around torches. Where have you two been? Clarice demanded. We've been looking forever. We were only gone a few minutes, I said. Karen trot- trotted up, followed by Tyson and Grover. Percy? Tyson said. You are okay! We're fine, I said. We fell in a hole. The other campers looked at me skeptically, then at Annabeth. Honest, I said. There were three scorpions after us, so we ran and hid in, and hid in the rocks, but we were only gone a minute. We've been missing for almost an hour, Clarice said. The game's over. Yeah, we would have won, but a cyclops sat on me. Was an accident, Tyson protested, and then he sneezed. Clarice was wearing the golden laros, but she didn't even brag about winning them, which she wasn't like her. A hole, she said suspiciously. Annabeth took a breath. She looked around at the other campers. Kyron, maybe we should talk about this at the big house. Clarice gasped. You found it, didn't you? Annabeth bit her lip. Yeah. Yeah, we did. A bunch of campers started asking questions, looking about as confused as I was, but Kyron raised his hands for silence. Tonight is not the right time, and this is for the right place. He stared at the boulders as if he just noticed how da- as if he just noticed how dangerous they were. All of you, pack your cabins. Get some sleep. A game well played, but curfew is past. There was a lot of mumbling and complaints, but the campers drifted off. Off. Sound like Canadian. Off. Sorry. Talking among themselves and giving me suspicious looks. This explains a lot, Clarice said. It explains what Luke is after. Wait a second. What do you mean? How do Wait a minute. Summoning right. Annabeth turned towards me, her eyes dark with worry. An entrance to the labyrinth. An invasion route straight into the heart of the camp. And that was the end of chapter three. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry also. Um, it is currently 4 a.m. No, it's not 4 a.m. It, yeah, it's kind of late, so I'm already in my, like, I don't know, evening voice. In my time zone. Probably have, like, listeners from Australia there. What do you mean, bro? Over here is actually, wait, Australia. Whatever, dude, leave me alone. Uh, hope you had a good time listening to me read this chapter. And as always, remember to go to podbean.com or download the app Podbean. Get a hold of my podcast and comment any questions, concerns, complaints, or, um, what do you, what do you guys actually think? Like, eh? Or do I have, do I have like an outro that's like, or do I have something more like, do I have like this as an outro? Or, or do I have that as like, I don't know, like what? And then we fell down into a hole. Is, is that what you want? I don't know. I have to go brush my teeth. Ha!
have a good day. And once again, I apologize for my voice cracks. I cannot help that. I am an old dude now. I am getting voice cracks. Bye.